I'm Jay Novella, and you're listening to the European Skeptics Podcast, the real ESP experience. You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 58. I'm your host, Andres Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelan Levin and Pontus Spökman. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, san, hey, san! Hey, good to be back! Absolutely! How is everything? Good, good, all rosy. Well, actually, rosy. maybe not. Not so rosy. <laughs> okay. The deed is done. Wine and roses. Wine and roses could be involved just to to live through the next four years. <laughs> and, and marijuana. <laughs> anyway, the thing that people smoke to relax. Yeah. So weed, weed is going to be more involved. Weed. Yeah. That's it. I, I wonder. I wonder if all this legislation will be reversed. No, not likely. No, I think with uh, definitely everything that relates to uh, climate science and uh, the climate change, but with weed, I don't, I don't think so. No, why would he? He probably loves it mm. as well as a golden shower. But uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't go there. Here we go. Here we go. You know, it's interesting when your own weapon is being used against you. Mm-hmm. So, spreading unsupporting news and ideas is what. Trump did all the time and now with his golden shower thing it's uh, it's turned against him hmm. and uh, well it's pretty interesting never mind here we go uh, we have a new show a new um, interview episode mm. and uh, we have a couple of other things to talk about actually let me talk about one thing that I I missed. Uh, that's the advantage of uh, listening to uh, your own show after you you finished editing it. Mm-hmm. That I realized that when I talked about Wikipedia and how Wikipedia works, I, I left out a very important part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, what I like about the guidelines of Wikipedia is that they resemble um, how science works because of the the need for every single statement, every single claim in an article, to be backed up by some kind of uh, reference, some kind of source. And when you when you read a scientific paper, that's what you'll find. You'll find uh, lots of uh, other papers being used as references uh, to back up your, your own claims in the, the, the body of the text of the article. So that is what happens with Wikipedia as well. And you have to be able to check your sources and check your references and uh, this is this is what's to be welcomed in terms of how wikipedia works i just i i should have finished my line of argument back then but uh, with this but uh, i thought it it's worth mentioning again because because it's very important okay what else do we have yeah, I, I think we should uh, mention the calendar again. 
Uh, we have, uh, of course, the calendar on our website at theesp.eu. And if you click on events in Europe, we're still maintaining that uh, calendar. So next week we have a, a lot of uh, interesting things happening. Uh, there are things in Cologne, in Amsterdam, as well as in UK. And in Oslo, they are going to talk about conspiracy theories on, on uh, Saturday. So go check it out and uh, please go to the events. They are fun. Yeah, and I think that we're kind of back on track now after all the holidays are, are over. Um, and um, all the uh, skeptic groups are, are getting active again. Yeah, so yes, absolutely. get out there, guys. Meet new people, learn new things um, and have fun. And if you check out our, our calendar and you don't find your own event there, that's uh, probably because you haven't approached us with it. <laughs> so yeah. please let us know if you have something to promote because we would like to help you. And uh, if you want to do that... You can find us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. And our Twitter handle is at espodcast underscore eu. Uh, you can email us. Email address is info at theesp.eu um, and you can like us on Facebook um, also if you get our um, podcast on iTunes please leave us a review um, and generally just spread the word yeah and uh, even if you just want to uh, give us some feedback uh, you're more than welcome to do so we, we always love hearing from you guys out there who, who are listening to this show because it's you we are doing this for. So uh, your uh, opinions do matter. Uh, but now it's about time we move on to today's interview, which is also event related because there is a line of events. Um, it's a science festival called Pint of Science. And uh, we had the opportunity to interview the co-founder and managing director of Pint of Science. <laughs> On every other episode, we interview a person representing an organization or project, either from a certain European country or stretching across borders. Today, our guest is Michael Motzkin, who is the co-founder and managing director of an international science festival called Pint of Science. Michael, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. First of all, we, last year, we did talk about a few events uh, across Europe, uh, but... Uh, not probably not all of our listeners remember that so would you mind explaining what pint of science is and how how did it start how did it come about i'll tell you how it started i think that's uh that's a good introduction to it so basically Praveen, uh paul and i uh, the co-founders of pint of science uh run like a project in imperial college called me the scientist it was bringing uh patients to our labs to see actually what we do as researchers, as basic researchers, like that, to see that we work with cells, with uh, brain slices and things like that, because they always see the, the clinicians rather than the researchers. And it was a very successful project, but then we were sort of um, talking to our friends about it and they all were like amazed that we grow neurons inside a Petri dish and uh, we sort of um, do these experiments on slices of brains and they were really, really curious about it. So we thought, Maybe we should get out of the labs and do something that will be accessible to everybody. And um, science in the pub is not is not a new concept, especially for you skeptics. It's uh, very much inspired by you. But uh, we thought like let's create a science festival 
that will run simultaneously in few cities and will be in the audience who can choose which topics and which sort of pubs to go to and uh, everybody thought we were a bit crazy because we never did anything like this we, we, we weren't linked to any big organization we didn't have funding so but we sort of said okay let's let's do this and we started in Cambridge Oxford and London uh, which we had uh, about uh, 45 events in our first festival in 2012 and uh, it was a major success. We had 3,000 people coming to our event. Oh, wow, impressive. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah, and then people started, like, emailing us from all over the world, actually, especially in the beginning, it was especially from England, like, people from Manchester, like, why you don't do it in Manchester? Like, a bit accusing us of, like, <laughs> some preference uh, or something like that uh, over them. But it wasn't the case. We just were, like, we just thought it was going to be a cool project to do. And then it sort of grew to um, international, like one of our founders uh, of the first festival was Elodie uh, Charbol, who is now the director in France, and it's in 27 cities in France now, and then we have it in Spain in 40 cities, and the idea is that it runs simultaneously together internationally, so we have three days during May that it runs in all the countries together, so last year we had 100 cities uh, running Pine of Science events together. And the audience just goes to the website, chooses the country, the city, and chooses the event they want to go to. So, yeah, so I think that's how it started and what we are uh, at the minute. Amazing. And um, just to let, uh, well, we, we're going to repeat the, the contact details at the at the end as well. But um, just to let you know that I've already signed up to receive notifications about the upcoming events for Pint of Science. And uh, if you go on the website, Pint of Science, you can, like, like you said, click on the city and then um, sign up for the updates. It's pintofscience.com, sorry. Yeah, pintofscience.com, yeah. And um, I've signed up, obviously, for the one in London, because that's where I live, but uh, uh, everybody in Europe should should look up their own countries. Um, can you, uh, Michael, can you tell us, please, a little bit about your own background and uh, why did you choose this format of um, going about spreading the science and scepticism? So basically, um, I'm, I'm a scientist. I uh, did my PhD in Cambridge University on nanobiology and uh, just researching the interaction of how nanoparticles affect the immune system, especially um, calcium phosphates. And then uh, I did a postdoc in Imperial College, uh, similar research, uh, researching carbon nanotubes interaction with the blood-brain barrier. Uh, and that was... Uh, and do, during that project, I started a kind of science with Provin Paul. And, uh, and I think what's, what's special about us, and we are not linked to some big organization. We, are, we weren't supported uh, by anyone in the beginning. And it's sort of a grassroots organization that mostly PhD, postdocs, science lovers, p- people who are really passionate about science and communicate it, they actually decide what's going to be in Pint of Science. So mm-hmm. me and Praveen see my, our role not as uh, curators or deciding what is appropriate to communicate to the public, uh, because I think a lot of the organizations sort of really filter what, what is right, what is wrong, and, uh, and so what is sensitive as well uh, to the public. And for us, that's actually not the approach that we would like to take. We Each venue in which event will have their own sort of content, and we had comedy we had uh, uh, rapping of science we had uh, mm. 
uh, art exhibitions of science. Uh, we had like controversial uh, uh, talks and that's the way. For us, we, we just provide a platform for science to be communicated. How, how would you say this is different from skeptics in the pub? I think, like I said, skeptics are a major inspiration for Pine of Science. And I think in terms of event versus one event, it's pretty much similar. Uh, if you go to one skeptic event and then you go to Pine of Science event, there will be many similarities. Uh, the differences will be in terms of uh, the festival itself and... I think the more we'll, we'll, we'll evolve Pine of Science, we'll probably we'll have more differences, more changes in how we run our events. But at the minute, it's, it's quite similar. But in the festival, what's different is when you have skeptics event, usually you have one event per month in a city or something similar. Uh, in London, for example, we're going to have more than 150 events in May. So people will have very wide choice of the topics that interest them. Wow. How do you coordinate all that? How, how does that... That seems like an organizational nightmare. You know, it's not, that was just London, and then you said there were a hundred other cities. Yeah, it, it is an organizational nightmare. Uh, luckily, we, we have really amazing people on board, and uh, and that's, I think, another thing that is different from the skeptics. We're very much coordinated as an organization so we, we have you've like, got to share your secret you've got to share your secret how you managed to organize <laughs> skeptics to and I, I, love the, I love the skeptics and i would love them to be bigger and stronger and uh, <laughs> everybody will know them so uh, i think our secret is basically that we, we remain uh, coordinated rather than fragmented so all the cities all the countries are linked uh, together the website is one website to everybody uh, that will link to the different uh, sub-websites that in the countries. And uh, it will have the same branding, the same format. I think for us, uh, the people who recognize Pine of Science will remember it uh, for many years. And I think that that's our secret. And again, having that coordination, it takes us a year to coordinate a festival. Uh, we had in the UK 16,000 people last year. Uh, we're planning to have 20,000 next year, this year, sorry. So, so yeah, we, we need to work for almost a year to get it all lined up. You, you're talking about the festival itself and uh, on the website, when someone goes on the website, you can see uh, actual dates. It's um, the uh, 15th um, to the 17th of May 2017 when when it happens does that mean that it's only for uh, those couple of days uh, that the festival lasts or there are scattered events throughout the year as well there are a few events for, for the year as well for example a couple of weeks ago we had a very interesting event in London uh, called um, pain and pleasure fine line basically comparing how pain and pleasure sort of interact with each other because they're very closely linked. And we had um, uh, Professor Do Tony Dickinson that gave a talk about pain and how it works in the brain. But we also had body suspension. I don't know if you heard about it, but basically it's hooks going through the skin to hang someone uh, through the skin. And oh. people do it for therapeutic reasons. Uh, but for them, like I said, this pain is sort of pleasure. So that's sort of event that we organized and we have scattered around the year. And uh, But mainly, I would say 99% of our events taking place during those three days of the festival, 15th, 16th, 17th of May. Hmm. Okay. And um, 
Is there any funding available for these talks um, and these events that you organise? Um, because obviously th- this is the, the monumental task that you are faced with every year. Um, or is it completely run on uh, volunteer uh, power? So it completely ran, uh, like, Pan of Science wouldn't exist without volunteers. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number two, mm-hmm. we have a few sponsors uh, that is worth mentioning them, actually, Mendeley um, for publishing and Overleaf. Uh, and um, we, we had we had eLife uh, supporting us and Elsevier last year supporting us. And also many uh, organizations that just small sponsors that just want to, for example, uh, Cancer Research UK, kidney research that uh, will have talks during the festival. So they support us a little bit. But I would say most of our um, sort of money comes from, or funding comes from the ticket sales for the events. Uh, without that, we wouldn't exist. Uh, it's, I think me and Praveen volunteered for four and a half years, but sort of grew to such, such a size in a, in a task that it can't run by a volunteer anymore, like the the main organization. We just have to keep the lights on in terms of running the, the website and uh, all the logistics of making it happen. So the, the ticket costs like four or five pounds yeah. mm. in the UK. In each country, it's actually a little bit different. So yeah. In Spain, for example, it's for free. Yeah. Uh, so if you look at the, the website, there are uh, this is happening in the UK, in France, Spain, Italy, Australia, Brazil, Canada, Austria, Germany, and Ireland. So that's quite a lot. But what if our listeners who are in another country wants to join and and, and organize something uh, together uh, with this, join the movement, if you will? Uh, Uh, Can they do that? And and, and if so, how would they do that? Yes, yes. Like one of our core values is uh, collaboration and this is how Pan of Science spread. Basically, people just emailed us and said, like, I want to start it in uh, Italy. I want to start it in Spain uh, or Ireland. Like, And then we had a discussion, explained to them how it works, and they started it. At the minute, if they want to start it for this year, it's a little bit too late um, because we're just overwhelmed. Like, we actually get many requests, um, but we, we, we had a policy, never say no. Uh, but as you might imagine, going from three cities to more than 120 cities uh, this year sort of takes sort of a toll of, on the organizations and, and lo- logistics of all these operations. So at the minute, we don't uh, start in new, new countries. Uh, the, we had discussion a couple of weeks ago with Thailand and Ecuador, so maybe it will be there. But if someone is interested, it's only for 2018. Mm-hmm. Going back again to the difference between skeptics in the pub and 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 pint of science, um, is it correct that pint of science is driven by the scientists, while as the skeptics events are driven by people who are lay persons but are very interested in science? Is that correct? I think yeah, I think that's correct. I'm 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 not that informed about the skeptics. I know that in pint of science, I would say ninety. Eight percent of our people are scientists. So it's driven by researchers' uh, desire to reach out and talk about their projects, basically. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, and I think that's also probably one of our um, secrets of success, and because they have uh, the access to the speakers and they know the speakers personally. And they heard many of the speakers inside the university. Sure. So basically, the the, the topics you cover are decided uh, on the basis of uh, what's on offer by 
by by the scientists themselves the topics uh, we started with a uh, few topics but now we sort of cover almost all science so it's very hard for me to imagine a subject that we won't cover in kind of science cool yeah very cool but it's it's oh, sorry i'm getting back to that uh, does that work in a way that um someone approaches you that uh, hey i've got this uh, this topic uh, would you be interested or you are the ones approaching certain scientists based on on what you would like to hear about this time so the way it works in each city there will be a few um, there will be a city coordinator and uh, there will be several teams so in each team will be uh, taking care of a venue so for example we'll have a neuroscience venue which we call beautiful mind that will have neuroscience psychiatry psychology all the sort of things related with the mind and they will decide on the content um, i think the topics for us as an organization help us to organize ourselves but for the public it's less i think it's less interesting for them it's more interesting actually the speaker and the specific topic of the talk uh, and that uh, we we do our best not to have any influence or control over the talks because like i said we don't want to be a censor or uh, decide what is right and what is wrong yeah how many talks happened at one venue during those three days um, of the festival so usually uh, like like i said each each event will be different and sometimes it won't be talks it will be a comedy and uh, and uh, music or something it's related to science but not necessarily talk but again 95% of our events will have talks and uh, we'll have two or three talks per event so we'll have two or three speakers some like our most usual format is having a professor and a postdoc from the same lab sort of covering the topic from two different angles. So going back to, to organizing this, how, how many people would you say are involved in this as volunteers? And do you need more volunteers? <laughs> so we always need more volunteers because there's always uh, a need for more people to get part, to be part of kind of science. And, as lo- and last year, 96% of the tickets were booked um, for, for our events. So there's a huge demand for, for our events and each person that joins and want to start events and, and hold them, uh, we will support it. We have just in the UK about 500 to 600 volunteers. And internationally, it's very hard for me to say actually how many we have internationally, but I would imagine about 2,000. Yeah, wow, great. Impressive network, yeah. yeah. It's crazy, it's a bit crazy. We started like a pack <laughs> of like five people and yeah. uh, we were like, yeah, let's do it. And people were like, no, yeah, well, you shouldn't. That's <laughs> obviously something that that really appeals to people. And uh, I mean, p- being a lay person myself and not being a scientist, I'm, I'm definitely in support of this initiative. Science do, does need to be more sort of accessible to people. I mean, that not to say that people still should appreciate how complicated science is. <laughs> <laughs> and not everybody can actually do it, but still. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I think that's what people get in the pub, and as you well know, the skeptics that in the pub people ask uh, are, are more approachable to, to to ask questions, and uh, the discussion is I feel more fruitful than in the lecture theater. Um, you've briefly mentioned uh, the the advantages of of having a large organized kind of network. Um, and and do it that way, but what would you say the secret is in terms of uh, reaching an audience and 
growing this whole movement, uh, so to speak? So again, I think because uh, we have sort of one organization that is works together, it's very easy for us, sort of, for example, to to keep the uh, the contacts and the email lists and sort of to grow our audience and uh, not fragment it because a lot of uh, organizations like the Skeptic or Cafe Scientific like sort of fragment the audience and if I was part of a Cafe Scientific in London, it would be not necessarily find them in uh, in Paris. Mm-hmm. It'd be just a little bit more complicated just because of the website structure and things like that. Okay. Uh, so I think that that's one thing. I think for, for us, what's the biggest selling point for the volunteers and organizers that and why they like, love to be part of Paris Science? We give a lot of autonomy. So for us, like I said, we really do everything. So they take care of the event content and our job is really to make sure that they have all the support in terms of marketing website mm-hmm. everything that they need because as you know to, to run an event is is quite a big task mm. uh, to run an event, even if it's for just 70 80 people yeah and just to make to spread the word about it it's quite a big task and when you run it i think having this wave of 500 volunteers or 2,000 volunteers worldwide talking about it on Facebook, Twitter, and then having uh, the speakers as well, like another 2,000 people speaking about it, and then uh, us doing our marketing about it, it sort of gets this mass of people to hear about the event and sort of remember it for next year. So I think the structure of the festival is really linked to the success of it. Mm. So what other channels of marketing do you use and where people can find out more about Pint of Science? So that's a very good question. In terms of, uh, we always experiment with new marketing techniques like with Facebook and Twitter. We found Facebook very effective for marketing. Um, we try to collaborate with as many organizations as possible. So, uh, for example, I think we had a couple of collaborations with skeptics as well in, in England. And uh, so we sort of uh, cross-fertilize uh, each other, help each other with speakers, with uh, knowing about the events and uh, the communities locally. Um, like, for example, we got connected for the community of skeptics in Glasgow uh, that we've been in touch with. Again, we, we, we try to go also to the mainstream media to uh, as a channel of marketing to really uh, explain what, what is kind of science so people will hear about it from the mainstream media like uh, newspapers and websites and even TV. Uh, to find out about us, the best is just to go to our website on pineofscience.com. Uh, you can find your country, your, your country if, if, if it's part of it and, and join it if you would like to. Okay, excellent. And also, if people want to volunteer, they can also um, uh, get of the contact course. details on the same. Of course. Yeah. of course, yeah. In the UK, we have even a uh, volunteer form that you just fill in the form and we'll get in touch. Fantastic. That is wonderful. And it's a truly international endeavor, growingly so. So uh, we wish you all the success in the future Absolutely. with this uh, initiative, a very good one. And Michael Motskin, thank you very much for joining us today and explaining how Pint of Science works. (laughs) Thanks for your time, Michael. Thank you very much. I'm really grateful for the interview and uh, I wish all the success to the skeptics and if the skeptics want to get involved somehow uh, and uh, hold their own events during the festival, I'd be happy to try to facilitate that. Very good. Wonderful. That sounds good. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
，拜拜。Oh well, pint of science. How about that? Hey, what an organization! I didn't huge, know it was that big. I was yeah, I'm surprised. Huge impact. Um, and great work. Yeah, let me just mention it's not the first time we talk talk about that.、Mm-hmm. Um, I would not be able to actually find、uh, which episode we talked about it、uh, on, but、uh, yeah. Feel free to check it out and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,、uh, like like I mentioned in the interview, I'll try to attend the, the events in London.、Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that、um, uh, Andres will join me. Yeah, why not? If I can, yeah, definitely. And、uh, I I do encourage all our listeners.、Uh, if you don't have、uh, those events in your country or around your area. Uh, you should get in touch with them.、Uh, obviously, it's not gonna be, not necessarily be possible this year, but、uh, starting next year, you can join the the festival and you can join this brilliant organization network of、uh, of organizers, event organizers. So go and check it out and、uh, get in touch with them if if you're interested. There are loads and loads of cities across Europe、uh, and in, in the world. Where it's still to be organized, so why not be the person doing it? Yeah, and that brings us to the end of、uh, today's episode. Ah,、uh, Yelena Pontus, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, guys. Thanks you. Pleasure as always. And、uh, I'd like to thank our listeners as well. Please tune in again next time. But until then, goodbye. Bye bye. Have a good weekend, everybody, and week. Bye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.EU. Join us again next time. But until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info@theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Kisha J. Gray and George Rob, and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast_eu, and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. Wapadibadubadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabad